Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. InshaAllah. Waiting for a few more people to come in, inshallah, online. We know, I think, I think everyone is here, inshallah. Ahlan wa sahlan bikum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, ya marhaban, ahlan bikum wa sahlan, barakallahu fikum for coming today to uh, attend this uh, class, insha'Allah ta'ala, about the, the starting the seed or burying the seed of Ramadan, uh, its reflection on the hikam of Ibn Atayillah al-Sakandari, rahimahullahu ta'ala, wa radhi anhu wa naf'anahu iyaakum bihi fi al-darain. Alhamdulillah, al-lazhi khalaqa fasawwar, wa abda'a wa qaddar, صلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد للوجه الأنور والجنان المطهر وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم المحشر ثم أما بعد uh, This is inshallah these sessions will be selections from the wisdoms of Ibn Atayillah al-Sakandari and the wisdoms of Ibn Atayillah al-Sakandari I'm not going to mention the uh, the biography of Ibn Atayillah because this is not like a, a proper uh, study, I mean like a full study of the Hikam. I'm not going also to mention the, the, the context of the Hikam in general, but I have chosen for our classes about 11 or 12 Hikam that we will, uh, we will be thinking about, uh, and uh, they should be uh, directing our uh, compass in the month of Ramadan, enabling us to move in the month of Ramadan, shaping our understanding of the month of Ramadan, uh, highlighting the meanings and the secrets of the fast, the beautiful fast, through the wisdoms of Ibn Atayillah al-Sakandari. And these wisdoms, uh, one of their, uh, of their beauties, uh, among as many, is that they are uh, very universal. And uh, when I say they are very universal, I mean by that, they, you can take the hikam and quote them in any situation, and you will find that they are very relevant. Sheikh Sa'id al-Buti, rahimahullah, quoted the ulama of the past. They said, if salah is to, were to, was to be allowed with anything other than the Qur'an, it would have been the hikam of Ibn Atayillah secondary. If people were allowed to use anything, to recite anything other than the Qur'an in their salah, it would have been the hikam of Ibn Atayillah secondary. So, today, inshallah ta'ala, we are going to uh, look at uh, two of the hikam. Uh, of Ibn Atayillah secondary. And the first of uh, these hikam, or the first of these aphorisms, is Qawluhu radiyallahu ta'ala an. Arih nafsaka min at-tadbir. 
فما قام به غيرك عنك لا تقم به لنفسك again أرح he says أرح نفسك من التدبير relax yourself from concern with plans relax yourself from concern with plans أرح نفسك من التدبير فما قام به غيرك for that which has been taken care of by somebody else that which has been looked after by someone else لا تقم به لنفسك do not, you do not have to uh, bother about it or you don't have to take responsibility for carrying it out this hikmah is really deep and it highlights and it addresses and it tackles one of the diseases of human beings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought us to this world and when we came to being when we became little what we call little fetuses in the uh, wombs of our mothers we were helpless we were clueless we didn't know how can we eat we didn't know how can we survive we didn't know how can do how can we defend ourselves we didn't know how can we secure our future we didn't know how can we graduate we didn't know how can we fight future diseases because at that moment someone has taken care of the tadbir someone has taken care of the planning someone has taken care of our being someone has taken care of our well-being so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left has discharged us from responsi that responsibility and he has taken care of that. So we were completely careless. In other words, sorry, we were completely carefree. Then we came out of our mother's womb. When we came out, we had no clue how are we going to move and shift from being fed through our tummies, from being fed th through the placenta, from being fed through our navel or belly button to our mouth shifting our food system moving from being fed on what is taken from our mother's womb to being fed by milk a completely different food in a completely different way and then as we grow up even at that point we didn't bother we didn't care, we didn't have to bother about when will the milk continue? When will the milk come? How much milk will come to us? Who is going to defend us as children from snakes and from harmful illnesses? Someone else has taken care of us, that's our mothers and fathers. They have taken care of our well-being, of our food, of our clothing and everything. And then we started to grow up and with the growth that we had, our life started to come in front of us. And instead of remembering the time when we couldn't defend ourselves, we started being bothered about how are we going to deal with the challenges of life. We started building worries and problems and issues and challenges. We started being worried about the children that we have. We started being worried about the job that we will not have. 
We started being worried about the house that is not meant for us. We started being worried about the bank account that we were never meant to have. We started being worried about so many things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already written in his eternal knowledge and has already decided in his eternal will and has already written in his eternal and in all-encompassing planning, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us reminders every now and then. And he says, didn't I create you? And you didn't know anything? هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْئًا مَذْكُورًا Was there a time, was there a point of time where man, humans, did not have any knowledge and they were not of any value and they were not of any planning? Who took care of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, brothers and sisters, Ibn Atayla triggers this. And he says, Relax from your planning. He's not saying don't plan. He's saying relax from your planning. If you have to make a cup of tea, make it and that's it. You don't have to bother too much about whether the tea is going to taste good or is not going to taste good. Will it be digested or will it not be digested? Will it come out of my system or it will not come out of my system? So what Ibn Atayla Sekandari is telling us, here is arih nafsaka min tadbir Relax from being over-concerned with your planning. Why? Why should I relax? Because there is someone who has made a bigger plan. Ma qama bihi ghayruk. That which has been carried out by somebody else, you should not carry, uh, bother about it yourself. We do that in our day-to-day -day life. Yes, we do sometimes. If you are at work and your boss, your manager came to you and said, what about such and such job? You will simply say, that's not my job. It is so-and-so job. I don't bother about it. I don't have to worry about it. So now, when we come to things that someone else has already taken care of, the future of your children, if you are unable to have children, whether you will have them or not, that's already taken care of. If you're worried about having a husband, will you, get, will you ever find a husband? Will you ever find a suitable husband? Or you will ever find a wife? Or you will, ever, will you ever find a suitable wife? That's also taken care of. The salary. Will, this, we will, will we get out of this coronavirus intact from disease and secure in our jobs and secure in our homes? Remember that this has already been taken on. This has already been taken care of. Who has taken care of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remind yourself of this. Relax from planning. For that which has been taken care of by someone else, you should not bother about it. Why shouldn't you bother about it? Because it has been secured for you. If it is yours, it has been secured for you. And if it is not yours, it has also been secured not to be yours. If it is meant to be yours, it is written there that it will come to you. And if it is not meant to be yours, it is written out there that it is not, you will not achieve it, regardless. Right? Regardless of anything. It will never be yours if it is not meant to be yours. So being bothered about it, about that which has been taken care of, will lead you to neglect what has been requested from you.
you have responsibility you have duty you have a job to take care of what is that job that is your ibadah that is your turning to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let's link this to ramadan but before i link it to ramadan i'm moving from the first hikmah which is relax from planning and being concerned with planning why for that which has been taken care of by someone else you shouldn't take care of yourself the second hikmah that follows that ibn atayla puts it right after he says ijtihaduka fima tuliba fima dumina laka ijtihaduka being diligent being bothered being concerned being focused being overburdened with that which has been secured for you being busy with the salary that is meant for you being busy with the rizq that has been written for you being busy with the wife or the husband that has been written for you being busy with the children that you are meant to have or the children that you are not meant to have the job that you are meant to have or the job that you are not meant to have ijtihaduka fi ma dumina laka allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one of his names is what al wakil that he is the one who is wakil meaning people have given him wakala wakala means trust he is the one who is entrusted with people's life with people's death with people's rizq with people's with people's material and non material rizq uh-huh. his name is al wakil and his name is al kafil al kafil is someone who sponsors others ijtihaduka fi ma dumina lak being concerned with that which has been secured for you وَتَقْصِيرُكَ فِي مَا طُلِبَ مِنْكَ and neglecting or not doing at all neglecting what has been requested from you دَلِيلٌ عَلَى انْطِمَاسِ الْبَصِيرَةِ مِنْكَ is an indication that your basira the your heart is not judging, judging things properly is not moving in the right direction you are not driving in the right way you should not be driving in that way you should be driving in another way why because this way is blocked this way is secured so these two hikam relate to one another these two wisdoms relate to one another first don't be too much busy about or concerned about planning for planning has been taken care of by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so don't care, don't bother too much about it for yourself for if you let's link them for if you focus too much on what has been secured for you that you become busy and negligent and distracted from what has been requested from you that's a sign that your judgment is faulty that's a sign that your judgment is problematic that's a sign that you are unable to see life in the right way now let's take this to ramadan and let's take this seed and plant it in the soil of ramadan what happens brothers and sisters in ramadan we are always in ramadan we always in ramadan ask about ask about the rulings of fasting isn't it at the beginning of ramadan what do we do we get together as ramadan approaches people who have not studied fiqh they try to look at their masajid and local imams and online resources to study fiqh of fasting and if they have studied it before they try to kind of freshen up their knowledge of fiqh what invalidates fast what are the rules of fast what is do i need intention every day if i'm shafi'i do i need intention once a month if i'm maliki do i need and all of these things what will invalidate fast 
if I take an inhaler, does that invalidate fast? What about injection? What about toothpaste? What, 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 what? All of these things. And that's the right course of action, brothers and sisters. Have we ever asked? Have we ever seen someone saying, will my fast be accepted? Or have we ever seen someone sitting and he's concerned or she's concerned about is the, if the fast is accepted or not? No, no one does that. Why? Because they know that acceptance or non-acceptance of the fast is something that has been taken care of by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu wa sallam said, وَإِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ صَوْمِ أَحَدِكُمْ if, if this is the day of your fasting, if you're fasting in Ramadan, فَلَا يَرْفُثْ وَلَا يَفْسُقْ Do not engage in fighting. Do not engage in foul language. Do not engage in foul activities. And then leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi narrated by Imam Al-Bukhari, As-Siyamu li. Fasting is for me. Wa'ana ajzi bihi. And it is me who gives the reward for it. Now, will anyone be bothered about, so how much reward will I get from fasting? Will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me the immense reward? We don't bother about that. By the same token, brothers and sisters, when we uh, have our sahur before fajr, and then we start the day of fasting, what happens? We just fast. We abstain from food. We abstain from drink. We abstain from activities that invalidate the fast. Until what? Until the maghrib time. If you think about that, what you are actually doing is no one throughout the day of fasting will go to his wife or will go to his mother or will go to whoever is taking care of their food and say, hey, will there be food for today? Will we have food for the iftar today? We can see, brothers and sisters, that in Ramadan, every Muslim has iftar. Poor and rich, people go to the masajid and have iftar if they don't have even the means to pay for their iftar at home. If they don't have the means, they will find a lot of khair. The Prophet وسلم, said in al-hadith narrated by Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi about the month of Ramadan. It is a blessed, great month. It is in this month that the rizq of a believer, the sustenance of the believer is increased. It's not only the material rizq, but it is the material and the spiritual rizq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases his gifts and, 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 and abundantly showers his blessings upon people in this month. So it will be really stupid of an individual to think about what Allah has already secured. Or even in practically, it will be too odd of an individual to think about, oh, you know what? Will there be food today? And all the day he's bothered about that. To the level that throughout the day, where he's supposed to be busy with abstaining from food, abstaining, and, and how can he fill his heart and how can he fill his heart with good deeds? No, he is filling it with thoughts about food. He is filling his heart with thoughts about ill things. We'll say to that person, uh, the message that Ramadan will send to that person is what? Relax from being concerned about planning. The food that your wife will be preparing, the food that your mother will be preparing, the food that you will find at the end of the day in the masjid, why should you be bothered about it? It's secured. The same token, at the end of the month, you get your salary. So don't worry. If you are in the job, don't worry. But what if I leave the job? <laughs> if you leave the job, 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has your salary because he's the owner of the stores of all the rizq in the heavens and earth and beyond subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't worry too much. Don't be bothered too much. Yes, you have to establish your plans. That's fine. But what this hikmah helps you get out of is being negatively affected by your own ability to plan. Being, again, being negatively affected by your own limited ability to plan. Because we have a limited ability to plan. Yes, we can plan, but we cannot execute our planning all the time. And yes, we can plan, but there is limitation for our planning. Can you plan how many years you can live? No. Can you plan not to get ill? Yes, you can plan a holiday travel, but coronavirus comes and stops all your travels. You can plan a holiday travel, but illness stops you from that. You can plan to get into the airport, but because of traffic, you miss the, pl the, the, the plane. You can plan for your children to be righteous, but something happens in their teenage or later on in their age. You can plan to have a good husband, but then something in your husband is something that you don't like. Or you end up marrying someone who is not exactly what you have been uh, dreaming of. Remember that all of these plans are part of the bigger plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Shaqiq al-Balkhi radiyallahu ta'ala used to say, When we had plans, it was our habit that when we have plans and they occur in according things, happen exactly as we plan them to happen, we're happy. But if it doesn't happen in accordance to what we plan, what will happen? He said, we'll be upset. No. Then you are, you are busy with your planning. Huh? He said, farihna ashra. We'll be happy 10 times. Why? Because it is now the plan of Allah being manifesting. It's the plan of Allah and Allah is the best of planners. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Is the best of planners. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he manifests, what he manifests at the time is the best of things. So don't be ever bothered and don't be ever sad for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of. And if you say, I trust Allah, hasbun Allahu wa ni'mal wakil, I trust Allah. If you trust him, why should you be bothered about, huh? about your food? about your job, about the challenges that you have. Plan for them, no problem. But don't sit next to your planning, say, seeing if they're going to come out or not. Allah addresses us in Surah Al-Waqi'a. Do you see the semen, the sperm that you place in your mother, in, 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 your, in, in your wife's uh, womb, like you have in intimacy? Who creates it? Do you create it? Do you fashion it? Do you feed it? Do you bring it in a boy or a girl? Do you bring it happy or sad? Do you bring it successful in school or not? Do you bring it grateful or ungrateful? So remember, if you have a child that is ungrateful, if you have a husband that is annoying or a wife that is annoying, if you have a job that is difficult, remember that all of that is within the plan of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing you the best out of this plan. Try to explore the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Arih nafsaka min tadbir Don't be too much bothered about planning. Why? For that which has been taken care of, it will be double the work <laughs> if you try to take care of what has been already taken care of. Bearing in mind that you cannot take care of it because your planning is what? Is limited planning. Because your planning is limited planning. So Ramadan teaches us, brothers and sisters, that we bother about our area. And we bother about our area to a specific point. After that, we leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why should we leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because He is the best of planners and because we acknowledge our limitations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the angels to prostrate to Adam. And before that, when He said to them, Tell me the names of these. If you are truthful, قالوا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم. They said, "Glory be yours. We have no knowledge except that which you are. You have knowledge of, except that which you have taught us." Right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala taught us, brothers and sisters, certain talents and abilities. to take care of our rizq, and to take care of our food, and to take care of our uh, well-being. But all of that works within a bigger system of illnesses and cure and qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you try to write and something else is written, <laughs> know that the one who's writing that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda rahimahullah mentions in Risalatul Mustarshideen that there was a prisoner in Al-Andalus. And the prince of that area, the ruler of this area, decided to execute him, to kill that prisoner. So he got a piece of paper, a command, and he wrote underneath it, Yuqtal, huh? Yuqtal, to be executed. But he ended up writing, uh, he, he wanted to write what? Yuqtal. He ended up writing what? Yutlaq. What does Yutlaq mean? Released. So the officer took it and went to execute the judgment, to execute the command. And when he gave it to the prison word, they looked at it. Oh, this is not to kill him. This is to release him. He said, go and verify. So he went back to the ruler and he said, well, Sayyidi, you have written Yutlaq. He looked at it and he said, this is really strange. Let me write it again. Yuqtal. What did he end up writing? Yuqtlaq. So he sent it back. And then he, same thing happened again. He came back and he said to him, Sayyidi, look, you've written Yuqtlaq. Then he wrote it a third time. And again, it was written what? Yuqtlaq. So when he came back to him in the third time, he said to him, listen, now I understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending a message. Allah is commanding the hand to write other than what I want to write. Release him. Let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command be fulfilled. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us these messages, sends us these messages in the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan, brothers and sisters, fasting teaches us how to relax from planning. How to relax from planning. We spend our life being consumed in plans. that are never fulfilled 
and in plans that are not completely fulfilled. If you go to the graves and ask the people in the graves, have you fulfilled every wish you had in life? They will say, no. There were so many plans that were unfinished. There were so many books that went unread. There were so many holidays that were unspent. There were so many things that were not done. The Prophet narrates to us that it's an author actually that a man on his deathbed said Laytahu kana kamila. He was on his on the experiencing death. He was into death and he would wake up and faint and wake up and faint and lose his conscious. And when he loses his conscious, he would say, Laytahu kana kamila. I wish it was full. And then he will lose his conscious again and say, Laytahu kana ba'ida. I wish it was far. And then he would say, lose his conscious again and he will say, Laytahu kana jadida. I wish it was new. So at one point, his children said to him, What is that that you keep saying? Laytahu kana kamila. Laytahu kana ba'ida. Laytahu kana jadida. He said, in that point between death and life, people are showing the reward of their deeds. So he said, I saw a loaf of bread, which I donated back in the years, and it was only half. And I saw how immense was the reward that I was given for this half loaf of bread. And I wished it was a full loaf of bread at that time. Why? Because when he realized how big is the reward, he said, if this is the reward for half the bread, for half a loaf, how will be the reward for a full loaf? And then he fainted again and he said, I saw a masjid that I used to pray in. I saw a place that I used to pray in, close to the house. When I saw the reward of the steps that I used to take to the masjid, I said, I wish it was far. Then I would have traveled double the distance and gotten more reward. And then he said that he would faint again and would come back to his conscious and realize, oh, he sees the reward of a garment, an old used garment that he donated. And he will say, I wish it was new. So brothers and sisters, relax from planning and being bothered about planning. Coronavirus has come as a shock for many and has come as a support and strength for others. Has come to give us and to give governments and to give the big planners of the world a shock. Everyone is talking about the economic loss of the world today. Governments are not aware how can they get away with uh, the situation that they're in. How can they reopen everything and start generating money again? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling everyone a message. Relax from planning. I am the best of planners. But some people will be stupidly continue bothering about planning right imagine that brothers and sisters have you ever heard of a mother who is bothered about the well-being of the child that will happen in the future in other words if this child is going to get married or not or if this child is going to graduate from university or not will they finish their education while the child is still a baby in her in her tummy no why? Because it's the plan is not within her hand. She has made that realization. So if we, when we grow up, 
We take care of ourselves. As some of the ulama said, Allah, it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to us, Yabna Adam, O son of Adam, I've taken care of you when you could not even push away a, a fly from yourself. Wouldn't I be able to take care of you when you are able to push the fly away from yourself? Why do you have to plan and be left to your own planning? Why do you have to bother too much and be left to your own aql? Why don't you place everything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? One of the ulama, one of the salihin, Allah ta'ala alayhim, Imam Shafi'i radiyallahu an, said, Amtiri lu'lu'an sama'a sarandiba wa fi di'abara takrura tibra ana in ishtu lastu a'dimu quutan wa idha mittu lastu a'dimu qabra If I live, I will not run out of food. Meaning, there will always be food for me. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept that for me. Has secured that for me. وَإِذَا مِتُّ لَسْتُ أَعْدِمُ قَبْرًا And if I die, there will always be a spot where I will be buried in. Even if the person is cremated, they will be, there will be a spot. They, anyone who dies, they will have a spot to rest in. Anyone who lives will have some food to put into their tummy. If the rizq is meant for them, it will come. Ramadan comes to teach us to relax from planning, brothers and sisters. Relax from planning. Be busy with what? Second hikmah. Don't be busy thinking about what has been secured for you. You better focus on what has been requested from you. In fasting, prepare for the fast. Plan for the fast. Plan to withhold your tongue from falling into misdeeds. Plan from protecting your ears from listening to backbiting. Plan from distancing yourself. We have social distancing, isn't it? The government is asking us to do what? Social distancing. Have you heard of spiritual distancing? We need to spiritually distance ourselves from people who have negatively, who have a negative spiritual effect on our souls. Fasting teaches us to distance ourselves from things that have a bad effect on our souls. And this takes us to the third hikmah, so we mentioned the first hikmah of what? Of relax from your planning, for Allah is taking care of things. The second is focus on your, on your area of responsibility because if you don't, you will be driving in the wrong direction. If you become bothered about what has been secured for you, you neglect what has been requested from you, that means you're not doing your job. That means you don't know what is your responsibility. The third hikmah he says to us about Distancing. What is he saying? He's saying, كَيْفَ يُشْرِقُ قَلْبٌ صُوَرُ الْأَكْوَانِ مُنْطَبِعَةٌ فِي مِرْآتٍ That's spiritual distancing. How can you, when we fast, we fast to have a transformative experience that poly, where we polish our hearts, we free our hearts, we release our hearts from the shackles of desires, and we enable that we sharpen our, our hearts like a diet, a spiritual diet for our hearts to be sharp, to be polished, to be focused, to be fast. So he says, how can a heart be polished and shine if the images of the universe are still imprinted in its mirror? 
How can your heart be polished if you're still keeping inside it the hatred of this and the love of this and speaking ill of this and thinking about this and bothering about that and being preoccupied about this? The heart is a mirror. If you'd like this mirror to be clean, you have to polish it properly. How am I going to polish it? If there is any dirt, all the aquan, all the creatures are like dirt. All the creation is dirt. All the desires are dirt. If you would like to polish your heart, you have to clean it from all the dirts. Otherwise, this will remain unpolished heart. Many people enter into Ramadan with unpolished hearts and leave Ramadan also with unpolished hearts. These individuals don't get anything from Ramadan. For them, post and pre-Ramadan are the same. For them, fasting is not real. It is just a claim. For them, the days they spend in fasting is in fact, is in fact days that they keep, keep their hearts busy with the opposite of fasting. As we mentioned in one of our webinars before, Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala said, لَيْسَتِ الْعِبْرَةُ بِمَنْ حَمَلَ الزَّادِ it is not the one who carries the sustenance with them. If someone is traveling, huh? if someone is traveling into a travel and they take their bags and their luggage with them with the intention of clearing their mind from having to bother about the future or about what they are going to wear or what they're going to use, that's fine. But there is another person who says, I really place my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? I'm leaving my bag behind. But all the way throughout his travel, he's thinking about what am I going to wear when I get to the other side? Who is the Zahid here? Who is the distanced individual? It is not the individual who takes bags with him. It's the person who occupies his, his in, inside with the bags, with the luggage. We have a lot of dunya luggage that we need to clear from our hearts, even if we don't clear our outward from it. I'm not saying to you, don't cook. I'm not saying to you, don't plan. I'm saying to you, take the plans from inside and just put them outside because this is where they belong. Your plans belong to the outside. They don't belong to the inside. What belongs to the inside is Allah and the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fill your heart with that. Your heart belongs to Allah. It's a mirror. Polish it. And the way to polish it is by taking all the dirts and placing them outside. He says, how can a heart even think? How can a human being even think of polishing their heart if the mirror of their heart is still full of the images of the universe? Or how can it ever travel to Allah while it's chained in its desires? Your desires chain you. One of the desires, brothers and sisters, that I would advice and I would suggest that you have for a, a fruitful Ramadan is cutting procrastination. Procrastination is one of the sweetest but poisonous diseases of human beings. I will do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that in an hour. I'll do that next week. I'll do that next month. Inshallah, I'll be doing this. Inshallah, how many plans have we opened and we haven't closed? How many books we have started and we've never finished? How many projects we have started and studies that we have started and things that we have started and we we try to look all over the place i was having a conversation with one of my students today and i said to him what matters 
is not the many books that you have. What really matters is if you know what is in them or if you study them or if you are in regular contact with them. It doesn't really matter how many people do you know. But really, what really matters is what is the quality of your relation with people? What's the quality of your relation with your mother and father? What's the quality? Nowadays, we live in a world of Facebook where people have 5,000 friends. And people now creating accounts to have another 5,000 and then another 5,000 and another 5,000. You tell me what is lost in the middle of all of this. You know what is lost? The real meaning of companionship. The real meaning of friendship. Because you have 5,000 friends, but in reality, you've got no friends. None of them, or pretty much very few of them, are the ones that you know face to face. Otherwise, you know fake to fake. Everyone that you know face to face, and you know really as your friend, that's your friend. But otherwise, they're what? Fake to fake. So it's not a Facebook, it's a fake book. Why? Because it just fakes our relationships. How can a person aim to travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while it's chained with its desires? This is a time where we free ourselves from these chains. We reduce our contact with the world. We reduce our contact with our plans. We reduce our contact with our problems. We reduce our contact with our challenges. Then what will happen? Our heart will become lighter. It will travel faster. As I always say to the brothers and sisters, if you arrive in a country and you've got nothing to declare, you just go through. The Prophet ﷺ mentions that the fuqara, the poor people, will enter Jannah 500 years before that. Aghniya, before that, rich. Why is that, brothers and sisters? Because they've got nothing to declare. There is nothing to worry about. Imagine the less, the minimalist. Ramadan teaches us to be minimalist Muslims. And being minimalist, you'll be able to travel. I remember when we traveled to Gambia a few months ago, one of the brothers, may Allah bless him, from Wales, Sidi Mu'adh, he joined us. And when we met at Paddington Station going to Heathrow, he had a small bag. I said, is that it? Is that everything? He said, yes, that's it. That's it, Sheikh. And subhanAllah, that small bag, he was just able to. He didn't even have to check it in. So how can a heart ever travel to Allah if it is still chained with its desires? How can even the heart, how can the person think that I will be able to have divine connection, connection with the divine, while I'm still heedless, while I'm still, still procrastinating, still heedless about the value of time, still heedless about the value of life, still heedless about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of things, still heedless about the reality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of planners. Brothers and sisters, these words of Ibn Ata'illah Sakandari are a very timely and poignant call to each and every one of you and each and every one of us that we need at this time, at this moment, if we would like to have a successful Ramadan, what do we need to do? We need to polish the heart. If you polish the heart, the outward will be polished. The Prophet ﷺ teaches the quality of the heart is what decides the quality of the person. So he says, There could be someone who is shaggy and shabby and dusty. He's got a long beard and he's got dusty face and he's got uh, like tattered clothes. But if he asks Allah, Allah will fulfill his wish. Why? Because it is his heart that what counts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ramadan brings these 
three seeds that we should start putting together today. One, stop planning too much. Two, focus on your responsibility. Three, polish the mirror of your heart. Accelerate your travel. If you would like to sharpen your heart, clear your day from the busy, uh, superficial and unnecessary things. How can you ever understand the secrets and the wisdoms of Allah? A lot of people today, they say, what's the wisdom of coronavirus? What's the wisdom of this? What's the wisdom of that? And they think they can understand the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can understand the wisdom of Allah unless their heart is full of love of Allah. Unless their heart is sharpened, unless their heart is polished, then they will be able to understand because the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very subtle. The word hikmah means what? Putting something in the right place. How would you be able to observe the details of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand his wisdom? You know, like someone understanding the secret. The other day I was explaining uh, one of the mutun to some Maliki brothers and we were talking about Ibn Asher. Matnu ibn Asher is one of, the, one of the texts in the madhab of Imam Malik. Ibn Ashir, rahimahullah, the author of the book, lived 50 years and he wrote so many books in Qiraat and in other uloom. But of all his books, only this poem, this 314 lines became widely spread and he, it is known for every Maliki and every Maliki studies it that all the other books of Ibn Ashir were, and the man was sincere. But why is it that he was known with this book? Some of our mashayikh say, because he put his secret in it. He put his secret in it. Imam Khalil wrote loads of books, but his secret was put in this. So if you would like to understand the secret, what do you have to do? You have to be so sharp. You have to have a polished heart. Sayyidina Imam Al-Haddad says, Rijalullah min kulli qalbin munawwar Musaffa min dhanas tayyib mutahhar the men of Allah, those whose hearts are shining and bright, their hearts are purified from all forms of dennis, from all forms of dirt, from all forms of attachments, from all forms of desires. Tayyib, it is perfume, mutahhar, purified. But they said what? Musaffa. You see that? Musaffa. They have, they have refined it. Misfah is a sif that you put or a filter that you put so that you keep all the dirt and unnecessary stuff from infiltrating and going into your heart. Normally, imagine that, brothers and sisters, we have like something like a filter in our cars to stop all the dirt from going into the engine, from going into the car and stuff like that. When we have a contamination in the air, we try to filter it, isn't it? So you have to have a filter for your heart to only keep outside. What do you keep outside? You keep unnecessary things. You keep things that are of no benefit. We live in a world, brothers and sisters, where people are consumed by trivialities. They're consumed by unnecessary things. They're consumed by, by superficialities. The other day I was looking at, I was, I was reading uh, some articles on, on the news, on the BBC, and there was some people coming up and saying, you know what, how can you occupy your time with games and apps, and ga like uh, games apps for people? You have a, a brilliant opportunity to build talents and to learn things and to strengthen your relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but this is what you keep yourself busy with. The month of Ramadan is a great opportunity to polish your heart 
to sharpen your heart. But then when you have that sharpened heart that is musaffa, that is munawwar, that is mutahhar, that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's the heart that will understand the wisdom of Allah. That's the heart that will be able to pick, you know, to pick up the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They mention, and this is the conclusion of our class today, they mention that one of the, uh, of the leaders used to have a few servants around him, but he used to love one of them so much and respect him. And everyone else bothered, and they were inquiring, what is this individual good at that our uh, leader gives him so much respect and love? So one day, they went out in the desert, and the leader looked at a tip of a hill in the distance. And as soon as he looked at it, that uh, servant ran, and on the top of that uh, mountain or that hill, there was a piece of ice. The abd, that servant, ran and he picked up that uh, ice and he brought it back to his master, brought it back to his leader, brought it back to his uh, exemplar. And they said to, he, he looked at the, uh, the others and he asked the, the servant, he said, why did you bring this? He said, I saw you looking at it. And I know you wouldn't look at anything unless there is a wisdom. So I ran to bring it to you because you must have a wisdom. You must have a reason for looking at it. So he looked at the rest of them, the prince or the emir or the, the leader. And he said, you see, each and every one of you is busy with his own nafs, with his own needs, with his own wants. But he is busy with my wants. He is busy with what I want. He is busy with my needs. He is busy with my wisdom. Try to understand from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you understand from Allah? Sharpen your heart, polish your heart, clean your heart, work on your heart, clean your heart from any ill feelings towards someone. Clean your heart from procrastination. Clean your heart from trivialities. Cut on trivialities. Cut on the things that you don't need. If we have so many things, we get rid of them. We throw them in the bin, isn't it? So take out of your heart that which is unnecessary for your heart, let alone that which is negatively affecting your heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to plant this seed. Inshallah, next week we will talk about a few more wisdoms of Ibn Ata'illah throughout this class, the four remaining classes. We will be selecting three or four wisdoms. So let's remind you of the three wisdoms that we have touched upon today. One, don't be too concerned about your plans for Allah is taking care of all. Two, focus on your responsibilities for if you become busy with what has been secured for you, that you forget what has been requested from you. It's a, an implication that you are driving in the wrong direction. You're not judging things properly. Three, polish your heart, sharpen it, clean it, reduce your load reduce your load and your burden and the more you sharpen your heart you will be able to travel lighter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand from him barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammadi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam inshallah I'm, I'm opening the uh, I'm opening the, uh, the the space for questions uh, someone asked can you share the number of uh, uh, the number of items of the hikam? Sidi Muddathir, the wisdoms of Ibn Ata'illah 
are arranged in different ways are arranged in different ways so it depends on which place or which book you are looking at so for example arih nafsaka min at-tadbir is number 4 in the book that i have ijtihaduka fi ma dumina laka wa taqsiruka fi ma tuliba minka dalilun ala that's number five. So four and five so far. And then, That is, um, let me, yes, that's number 13 in the book that I have, CD. Now, Sister Fatima Qasim, which book accompanies the content of this class? It is the Wisdoms of Ibn Atayla secondary. I think there is a translation of the Wisdoms of Ibn Atayla. I think it's called the Book of Aphorisms. We'll, by the next time, inshallah, we'll bring that to you. Uh, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the, the name. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, there is not a satisfying, let me be very precise. There is no satisfying commentary on the Hikam. There is a translation of uh, Sheikh Mahmoud al-Ganguhi. I think it's called the Book of Wisdoms, uh, but I'm not very, very uh, pleased with it. I'm not very pleased with, with the, it's not satiating. Naam. Sidi uh, Muddasir says, I have Sidi Ahmad Zarruq commentary. We'll have a look. Sidi uh, Muddasir, do you know how many times Sidi Ahmad Zarruq has uh, written a sharh on the Hikam? Sidi Ahmad Zarruq made 31 shuruh on the Hikam, 31. 31 shuruh on the Hikam. The one I have is the 11th, and I have the 17th, and they are actually both good. It's by Sheikh Ahmed Ganguhi. Yeah, that, that, that one is translated into English, and it's published by White Thread. It's good as, uh, as, uh, as they say, like as a tayammum, it's okay, but, uh, but there is more. Ibn Ajiba has more, uh, Ahmed Zarouk has more, and so on and so forth. Tayyib, let's, uh, let's go down. Is that it? Yeah. Looks okay. Sidi Muhammad Hafs Kushairi. Yeah, good that we have the, the QA here. So Sidi Shaban Alaikum Salam, what what activities or acts of worship should one increase in Ramadan? The first thing, Sidi, uh, I would I would I would say uh, that's that's a generic question. Everyone has an ability and has a challenge. I would I normally advise that people uh, assign two things to do in Ramadan and they do it for 30 days. They do it for 30 days. So two things. Uh, you can choose, but let one of them be Quran or reading the Quran. Let one of them be Quran or reading the Quran to better your, uh, your, your, your recitation of the Quran. This is very, very essential and very, very important. Uh, otherwise, it could be anything else. For, for example, you might choose to Fajr, for example. One of the biggest problems, I know that this might sound a bit uh, bizarre to many of you, right? Uh, um, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> uh, many people try to uh, deal with Ramadan as if Ramadan is an emergency time. So I will be awake up till Fajr, and then after Fajr, I'll go to sleep, and then I sleep most of the day. I don't like that. I personally don't like that. I know it might be challenging to some people, but I don't like that. I prefer that people go through the normal routine, but they add and they organize their time in the right way. Now, uh, so how do we reconcile between relaxing the Hafiz 
how do we reconcile between relaxing ourselves from planning and undertaking proper planning? You see, Sidi, uh, as I mentioned something similar to that. So what I said is planning has two sides. One is called that which is within our means and the other is called what? That which is not within our means. That which is within our means and that which is not within our means. What is within our means? It is within my means to apply for a job. It is within my means if I want to have children that I get married. It's within my means if you have the means to get married. Uh, it's within my means if I have no children that possibly go and try some medical uh, help. It, it is within my means to, uh, to, to work, but it is not within my means to keep bothered about will it work? Will it not work? Will it happen? Will it not happen? What will happen to me? What if it doesn't happen? Leave it. You know, we say in English, let sleeping dogs be asleep. I would also say, leave the unfulfilled plans. Leave them alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Who plants it? You or us? Well, of course, any farmer will say, I put the seeds. Yes, but that's not zara. You know what does zara mean? Zara means not just to plant the seed, but to take care of it until it grows and to protect it from what? From ailments and diseases and natural problems and all of natural disasters and all of these things. When you sit, if you are a farmer, you know, that's why farming is one of the best things for tawakkul. It breeds tawakkul and trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in us. Why? Because it teaches you. You put the seed and plant, you plant the seed, you, you, you put water on it, and then it grows. You, you, yes, you, you might use some, now, now human beings are trying to protect it from natural disasters by putting pesticides or by putting uh, anticides or putting all of these chemicals. And that has disturbed the whole universe. Right? It has, disturbed our, has poisoned our food. But if there is jaiha, if there is a natural disaster, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We try our best, we clean it, we brush our teeth. But if our teeth, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has pre-ordained uh, that our teeth will fall down, they will fall down. We try to take precautions about our health. We exercise, we do good deeds. I'm, I'm saying that and I'm not, the, I'm not the best one to advise in that. Um, uh, in that, I'm a munafiq. I know that very, very well. I know that I'm, I'm very bad in this. But we try our best and the rest is left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it is not within our means. Now, some of the mashayikh, is that still a muddathir? We'll come back to you, muddathir. So, uh, Ustad Sidi Uthman, Uthman Habib, where can I purchase a copy of the Hikam with the English translation? Then, if you just give me one second, I'll bring the copy and show it to you. This is the book, it's called The Book of Wisdoms. Uh, I, I, I hate dust jackets, brothers and sisters. That's why I removed the dust jacket from the book. But it is published by, it's translated. The, the Wisdoms themselves is translated by Victor Danner. It's translated by Victor Danner. So what they did is they took out the Wisdoms from the book of Victor Danner. I mean, the translation of the Wisdoms themselves. And they have put the, the, the commentary by Sheikh uh, uh, Mahmoud Hassan Al-Ganguhi. Rahmatullah He's a, a scholar from... Uh, from uh, uh, Sheikh Abdullah Al-Ganguhi, Sheikh Abdullah Al-Ganguhi, a, a scholar from India. Uh, again, you know, uh, someone gifted me this uh, copy. 
I haven't, uh, I have flicked through it, but uh, I, I always prefer the Arabic books. So I, I went to Ibn Ajiba rahimahullah ta'ala. So if we, if we read, for, for example, he rearranged the hikam as well. And that's, that's something that I don't like. I don't like rearranging the hikam based on your own, or your, on your own thing. So uh, if we read that, the hikmah of, uh, about the heart, he says, how can the heart be illuminated while the forms of create, of creatures are reflected in its mirror? Or how can it journey to God while shackled by its passions? Or how can it, the, how can it desire to enter the presence of God while it has not yet purified itself of the stains of its forgetfulness? Or how can it, be, how can it understand the subtle points of mysteries uh, while it has not yet repented of its offenses? Right, Uthman, will the recordings of the class be shared to us? Insha'Allah, bi'ithnillah, uh, we cannot uh, promise that as yet because there is a big load of recordings related to fiqh and stuff like that, but we'll try our best, inshallah. In the worst case scenario, we will, uh, we will see. They might be, if they are not uh, available right away, we'll try to make them available after the whole class is finished. Sidi Hathiq, Translate, uh, says, what, is, what do daqaiq al-asrar mean? Daqaiq means what? Daqaiq means, daqaiq means something that's really minute, that's really subtle, that is really small. Al-asrar is the plural, jam'a is the plural of sir. So daqaiq al-asrar means al-asrar al-daqiqa. This means idafat al-sifa lil-mawsuf. Al-asrar al-daqiqa. The subtle secrets, uh, i.e. what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to say to you. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends messages to the universe. People understand and some people do not understand. Sister Zakiya Amira is asking, how should we see ourselves in perceiving or dispensing justice when what happens are planned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Remember sister, we cannot dispense justice. <laughs> we cannot dispense justice. Our dispensation of justice, our work on justice is to observe the plan of Allah who is the just. To carry out our duties in accordance to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has requested from us because that is the utmost justice. That is the real justice. That is the proper justice, right? Some people give themselves the authority of carrying out justice in the universe. It is as if they're saying, there is something wrong with the universe. Let me fix it because Allah did not manage to do it. If things are planned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has planned has also set up and stated certain prerequisites from us. He subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that this is your duty. Stick to your duty in accordance to his commands. Then you will be dispensing just justice in accordance to his uh, plan for you subhanahu wa ta'ala Sidi uh, Muddathir is saying so some of the mashayikh say that one should take hisab at the end of the day of their actions what's the best way to think of your procrastination and improve on them write it down Sidi well, I mentioned that before one of the best things to do uh, if you would like to be uh, effective in your day, write down your duties, write down your responsibilities, write down your awrad, 
you have a, a daily planner. Masha'Allah, like you go to a paper chase, you go to any, any shop that sells stationery, there is like loads and loads of, of, uh, of uh, uh, writing uh, pads and there is like loads and loads of uh, uh, planning things to do list and to do this and to do that. So what we can simply do is uh, just uh, make, make, make a schedule of your daily activities. Make a schedule of what you need to do. You have dhikr in the morning, dhikr in the evening. You have some st religious studies. You have some other duties. Put that. And at the end of the day, tickle that. Tick, sorry, tick it. One, two, three, four. Another thing is put a target for every day, for, for, for every week. This week, I am going to avoid backbiting people. How? If I'm ever in a situation, be alert. Try to, to switch on your alertness. Imam Ibn Ashir rahimahullah ta'ala says, That you should keep your eyes away from what is haram and you should keep your ears away from what is haram. How can you do that? By not letting your sam' control you. You control your sam'. Put a shahid, put a, a witness, put a, a seer, put an observer, an external observer. If we would like to pick up any deficiency or any mis handling of something we bring external observers put external observers on your hearing put external observers your eyes and at the end of the day say well what have i done today that violates this observer when if if this observer was to make a report what will they include in the report and write that down between you and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they said that one of the salihin one of the people of the past he said I started writing down the bad deeds that I do during the day or the number of the backbiting incidents that I do during the day. And with time, what he noticed is that the number is decreasing. The number is what is decreasing. Why? There is something, there is a book that I read many years ago called The Year of Living Biblically. It's an interesting book. I, some of you must have heard of that book and some of you must have heard from, from me about that book. That book basically, tells, it's a real experience. A. A. Jacobs, he, uh, was, he's, a, he's a secular Jew from New York and he's a, he's, a, he's a journalist. He decided to live a year in according to that Bible. And he, uh, he, was not, he was not like a practicing Jew or anything like that. But the book is really, really interesting to, to show how can a secular person try to give a spiritual meaning and dimension to their life. So he said there is something called dissonance. Like, what is dissonance? Dissonance is when you practice something that you don't feel any presence in, but because you practice it so much and you practice it with diligence, what happens? It becomes a second habit to you and you start feeling presence in it. When someone comes to Salah, I don't want you to come to Salah in Ramadan in the same way as you come to Salah before Ramadan. Try to create a, as an atmosphere, an ambience. You know, when someone walks, when, when you study, if you study, depending on what is around you, if you have books around you, if you go to a li public libraries and stuff like that, you see that quietness, that disenchantment from, from anything outside, this disconnection with the world outside. Why? To create this ambience for people to have that productive environment. You need to make Ramadan a productive environment. So I'll, I'll, show, I'll mention something. I was teaching uh, logic up to... Uh, this last week, this last Wednesday. And I, I had the books from which I was preparing for the logic class up until two, uh, Wednesday. As soon as I finished, because I am not going to look at uh, 
right? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to look at these books for the rest of the month of Ramadan. So what, what happened, brothers and sisters? I actually took the books. I could have left them till after Ramadan because we'll be resuming the classes, but I actually took them and put them away. And I, so far, I only have the, the fiqh book, but uh, I'm going to possibly even replace that with, with books that relate to the month of Ramadan or the things that I would like to do in the month of Ramadan. Right? So that's, that's something. Clear your life. Have that thing right in front of you. Imagine if I, if, I, if I show you one of the things that I have here is a, I saw one of the brothers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. He wrote some words of Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. It's a famous sentence of Malik. He, he got that to, to, be, to be engraved with wood. And, and he, it's, it's like a, a piece of art, but it's really, really nice. It's written in the Moroccan calligraphy. He, he says, I studied knowledge for myself. I learned knowledge for myself, meaning to fix myself, not for other people. Right? So I actually asked this brother if he can do the same thing for me as he did it to himself. He's from Australia. And I picked it up when I was in Australia. And it is here in my library. It's right in front of me all the time. So every time I look at it, Now, are we going to be taken to account by him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for that fine line, gray areas between our planning and lack of planning and Allah's plans? Inshallah, again, you know, that itself, is left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being taken uh, into account for, uh, being taken to account by him. That's, that's left to his fadl. Remember that part of his planning is his fadl, is his grace, is his mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala. So always have that hope in him subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is the most merciful of all the merciful. And again, you know, that's also a gray area. He subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives those who overstep their boundaries. So he will definitely, part of his rahmah, he will forgive those who step their boundaries and start being bothered. Remember that when he tells you, don't be too much focused on the planning and how the planning is going to be productive. He does that out of his mercy towards you. Because if you become busy with this, what will happen? What you will end up having? You'll end up having heart attack. You'll end up having diabetes. You'll end up having uh, blood pressure. You will end up having very miserable days and very miserable nights, and very miserable life, and you will lose. Arabs said, Worry wears out. It removes your fat. It removes your meat. It removes your growth. And it makes you slim and small and, and troubled and bothered and so on and so forth. The Prophet sought refuge in Allah and told us to seek refuge in Allah from worry. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min al-ham because ham, worry, leads to hazan, sadness. Wa na'udhu bika min al-ajz if you are worried and you are sad, ham, worry, concern, leads you to what? To sadness. And if you have sadness, you will not think clearly. Wa na'udhu bika min al-ajz wal-kasal you will be unable and you will be lazy because every time you try, it doesn't work the way you want. So what will happen? You'll be, you'll be, it will be too much for you. And then, when you have that tightness and that inability to plan, uh, sorry, inability to think about what is the solution for my problem, right? When, when, you, when, you, when you overstep your boundary in the first place, you become unable to think of uh, creative solutions. What will happen? 
you will run out of resources. You run out of resources, you become stingy. And if you become stingy, people will control your life. And that circle, that unbroken circle, leads you back to sadness and leads you back to frustration and leads you back to more worry and trouble. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us all from uh, the troubles. What is the best way to think of your procrastination? We, we mentioned, we, we spoke about that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the end of our class today, brothers and sisters. If you have, uh, we can give uh, two more minutes. Inshallah, if, you, if anyone wants to, uh, to, to write a question, uh, please uh, let's, uh, let's, let's have it now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of you and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the barakah of Ramadan. May subhanahu wa ta'ala help us benefit from our life and may subhanahu wa ta'ala make these words in the scale of your good deeds and the scale of my good deeds. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهِ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. And just give me one more minute. I'm going to bring something to recite at the end of this majlis. Sorry, I didn't plan this before, but inshallah we will, we will recite this at the end of the majlis. It's, uh, it's normally the, the khitam uh, of, the, of the majalis. ربنا انفعنا بما علمتنا رب علمنا ما ينفعنا ربنا انفعنا بما علمتنا رب علمنا الذي ينفعنا ربنا انفعنا بما علمتنا رب علمنا الذي ينفعنا يا ربنا اعترفنا باننا اقترفنا وأننا أسرفنا على لظان شرفنا فتب علينا توبة تغسل كل حوبة واستور لنا العورات وآمن الروعات واغفر لوالدينا ربي وما ولودينا والأهل والإخوان وسائر الخلان وكل ذي محبة أو جيرة أو صحبة والمسلمين أجمع آمين ربي إسماع فضلا وجودا منا لا باكتساب منا بالمصطفى الرسول نحظى بكل سولي بالمصطفى الرسول نحظى بكل سولي بالمصطفى الرسول نحظى بكل سولي صلى وسلم ربي عليه عاد الحب وآله والصحب عداد طاش السحب والحمد للإله في البدء والتناهي حمدا كثيرا دائم مهابة النسائم والحمد لله رب العالمين بارك الله فيكم سيدي عامر and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you all. Stay safe, inshallah. We we'll see you next Saturday at 3 o'clock UK time. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.